0: Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and i go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 41 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as DT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. How's things? Important fine print with AFL Fantasy right now. If the AFL are headed into a condensed fixture, expect teams to move to a squad-type scenario, rotating players in and out of the team. This could also impact premium players with less impacting roles during the game. What are your thoughts there, Jep?
1: Yeah, it's going to be very different, isn't it? Um, A lot more guys getting run through, but like it's been the story all season, we're going to have primos with um, rollercoaster scores.
0: Bench cover is crucial, Jep. Your thoughts?
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. Going forward,
0: we all must have bench cover. Um, It's a non-negotiable. We're at a critical point in the season, Jep. Upgrades are critical, obviously. But in order to get those premium upgrades, cash generation is required. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, and that really that's sustained from the bench um, first and foremost. So um, making sure playing rookies uh, are lining up on a regular basis and you know, we're going to have to dip with the ebbs and
0: flows of, of these extended squads. It's, it's going to be a challenge to manage. Of the top 25 ranked coaches in Round 6, there was an average of 3.6 players that provided bench cover. But that cast generation is poor and slow. Once I've had a look at those players sitting on those benches, for those chasing those highly ranked coaches, there are plenty of opportunities to make ground in the final 11 weeks of the season, making smart strategic decisions. Your thoughts there, Jeff?
1: Oh, definitely. It's it goes without saying. It's all good and well for um, your starting 22. To be doing its utmost, but if you, if you turn up to trades in one round and you can't do an upgrade and you're forced to double downgrade on consecutive weeks, then um, yeah, you're going to be in strife and behind the eight ball.
0: Make sure you're following at AFL Ratings on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here absolutely crushing it. If you would like a chance of scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We're going to give a few more away next week, Jeep. This week on episode 41, Jeppa and I will talk about key plays ahead of round seven. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, July 14. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. The podcast format will look ahead and be grouped in upcoming games. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on on overall rank in AFL Fantasy. At times, we will certainly have differing opinions. Okay, Jep, on episode 41, Geelong versus Collingwood, be aware the weather forecast is poor for Thursday in Perth. Okay, on to Sam Simpson. It was a nice surprise scoring 102 points last week with a break-even of minus 36. That's quite juicy for quick cash generation, Jep. Yeah, uh, definitely on that front, but um, obviously his role was
1: aided by the the injury to... um mitch duncan so he got a a lot of run through the midfield thanks thanks to that and i just can't help to think going forward what his role is going to be like nevertheless we are all chasing cash at the moment and i think he's one to grab
0: just a couple of weeks worth that's probably all you need to pick up an extra 100k there jeff
1: yeah agreed so it's it's with his high break even this round we're just looking for a a
0: few weeks out of him brandon parfit the cba's remain solid He's an option for a forward spot, but keep in mind that Geelong midfield hasn't been settled all
1: year. Agreed. The thing I love about Parfitt is his tackle numbers, and he's still getting amongst
0: the goals every now and then too. Patrick Dangerfield. He scored a season-high 102 points last week. He's still cheap at 732k and with a break-even of 67 jet
1: loving him as an underpriced premium and um, with you know the business end of the season coming up he, he's going to start putting his foot down so wouldn't expect a uh,
0: I wouldn't be surprised sorry in a spike in scores Sam Menegola. he's averaged 95.7 points from his last 3 games the 685k price tag is about right for me with his previous volatility jet. Yeah, it
1: comes back to what you are saying before about those Geelong mids running through and what, what actual um, role they have. And Menengola, to me, is a risk. Um, but he has been playing well
0: to his credit. On to Adam Trelaw, His average 98 points for me is opening two games of his season. He's still a unique option, but that's a healthy upgrade at 847k, Jip. Yeah, it's a lot of cash to be giving up.
1: Although, you know, arguably he's worth it. And um he'll give you the return it's It's more the strategy going forward um in in planning your next four
0: trades and not necessarily two trades Brody Grundy a season low fifty three points last week, but with little repeat center bounces due to a low scoring game, that was probably the cause there Jeff. yeah definitely i you know it's it's Grundy we're talking about, so there's no real concern yeah, the Hawks played the keepings off brand last week as well, so Brody. Grundy couldn't really get into it there. But anyway, a season low score of 53 points there. Taylor Adams, Jep. He's owned by 52% of the top 25. For those in a chasing group, he should be ruled out as a target for me to maintain a point of difference. Your thoughts there? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that
1: comment. And um, look, I think there's a lot lot of better place mids about better
0: than Adams. Steel side bottom. He's available at round nine and has to be in the instant upgrade. The problem is here, Jep, is his 800k, which is a massive upgrade for those with little cash generation. Your thoughts there? Yeah, it's pretty much saved now and playing those trades, I suppose. Um, Forward status makes all the difference. Jack Crisp. Such a disappointing return for owners here, Jep, this season. The Magpies just aren't holding onto the ball in the back line enough this year.
1: Yeah, one of the well, arguably one of the most um, poor-performed primos in 2020. So, look, he's still capable, um, and you know, any turn he can, he can jack those scores back up.
0: Essendon versus Western Bulldogs. Andrew McGrath. Those CBA's remain high. He's underpriced compared to premium mids, and just as much work inside the midfield jet. He's playing very, very well. I like the, what he's doing, um, both in footy and fantasy. Devin Smith. He's seen a spike in CBAs with Merritt and Stringer out recently. Those scores might roll in for a while yet, Jep.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but again, there's just that many forwards on, on hand. I think Devin Smith's down
0: the picking order. Jordan Ridley. He's still reasonably priced at six hundred and six k. He's averaged 76.7 points from his last three games. He's a cheaper type upgrade in defence. Your thoughts there, Jeff?
1: Yeah, and, and there's not too many primos putting their hand up in defence, to be honest. So that's that's a reasonable move, I think. Mitch Hibbert.
0: He was sold last week with 66 points. He's another option in that midfield group, Jeff, with a break-even of minus seven.
1: Yes, so injuries around to Essendon are going to help Hibbert hold his place in the team, and I think he's he's been
0: he'll he'll be great going forward now that he's comfortable at AFL level again. And for team changes as well, Dylan Shield has been suspended at the tribunal tonight for two weeks, so that uh, sort of retains his position in that team for Hibbert. So it should be pretty strong his job security. On to Bailey Smith for the Bulldogs. He was an excellent last week coming off concussion with huge minutes in that midfield. He's too cheap at five hundred and sixty-three k. Jet, can you believe it? Wow, yeah, it's, yeah,
1: those who don't have him must jump
0: on. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Jack McRae, he's averaged 84.5 points from his last two games. We're yet to see a stack of ceiling games in 2020, Jeb, and he remains a unique option against highly ranked teams. Yeah,
1: I, look, I think
0: I wouldn't be surprised again if, he, if his scoring
1: output increases. So um, I think his tackle numbers... Have been down this year, so hopefully a bit more focus on that, and he can get like, that get those extra twenty
0: points again. Tim English, the breakout is happening right in front of our eyes. Jet with an average of eighty nine point eight points from his last four games. At six hundred eighty two k, he's an alternative to the big guys. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, definitely um, loving what I'm seeing
0: from his football, and it's yeah, he's literally growing in front of our eyes. So the Bulldogs has got a good one. Lockie Hunter. He smashed there at 104 points in his return from suspension. The oh-your-team narrative might be in play here, Jep, at 734k. Yeah, and again, that, I still think that's reasonably priced at the moment
1: um, for a primo mid and, a, and definitely a point of difference. So got plenty of it, um, as he does in the wing, and he runs hard. So, um, look,
0: I think not for me and not for many, but not, not the worst move in the world. Latham Vandermeer. He's at 367K with still a minus seven break even. This is the last week to grabbing, but you're banking on that average of 74 in the last two weeks maintaining through the next period, Jep. Yeah, I think
1: he's just growing in confidence week by week um, and especially um, the two weeks ago just before he got a concussion was the best I've seen in play. So he's, um, his potential is, is exponential and he's high on the agenda for many.
0: JWS versus Brisbane. News today, Callum Ward will be sold on for four to six weeks with a knee injury. On to Stephen Cornelio. He got served a public rocket through the media this week. I think it may be a good week to be a Canelio ownership. Yeah,
1: he's hoping. Um, but yes, look, he needs to respond. And he's a proud person, as we know, and a very competitive footballer. So it's a matter of time. He's not going to be down for too much longer.
0: Lockie Whitfield. He's averaged 99 points from his last three games. There is nothing much to think about here, Jep. If you don't own him, it is get him in ASAP. Yeah, it's nice to have a prima actually doing what they're supposed to do. So um, exactly, get him in if you don't have him. Nick Haynes. He's averaged 9.5 marks from his last four games. He's the number one ranked player in the AFL with 8.7 marks this season. A definite target here, Jep, for non-owners.
1: Yeah, agreed. And, you know, he probably copped a little forward tag as well um, against Port, Mm -hmm. So um, he's attracting the attention of opposition coaches because of his style of play and and how damaged he is is on the ground. So, um, yeah, definitely um, pushing for top
0: six defender status. Yeah, he got there last week, but those scores did come in late. Okay, on to Tim Taranto. He's a decent chance to return this week on schedule there could be a shake-up in that Giants midfield, Jep. Yeah, and he's hoping it
1: sort of frees up Canelio, um, as strangely as that sounds. I, I, I think having Taranto by Canelio's side is definitely going to help him um, in the hustle and bustle of the um, contested footy. So, yeah, let's wait and see, and um, it's, it's
0: just a matter of when. Yeah, don't mind those thoughts right there. Lockie Neal, he's extremely high-owned in those top-ranked coaches. Owners would be loving the 956 k price tag, Jack. Can you believe it's that high? Non-owners are waiting for Matt DeBoer this week. Your thoughts? Yeah. I was, I was waiting for you to mention DeBoer. Yeah,
1: it's it's coming. So let's see how Neil responds. And look, we I think non-owners are just hoping he's going to um, falter, but... Locking you might still punch out an 80-plus with a hard tag, so I'm not ruling that out by any stretch.
0: Yeah, it's quite clearly, I don't know, Neil. It's quite tilting that he's pumping out their scores each week, but we can only <laughs> hope, Jep. That's it. All right, under Brandon Starcevic, job security concerns are an issue, but more importantly, he's maxed out in salary at 381k. Jep, your thoughts? And his um, t- spot on the side is definitely shaky after some...
1: It's critical turnovers last week in the game. So I would not be surprised if
0: Starkovic Stuck, has dropped this week. Yeah, as soon as Stasovic had that turnover in the back line last week, uh, you were on my Twitter feed and you just popped up with rage. <laughs> so it was quite evident when you see, you see where uh. he stands this week. Okay, on the phone, one for Brisbane. Jared Berry, he's, he's crushing it this year. Yet had another solid score of 84 points last week. He's at 683k and averaged 91 points, running at a decent rate through that midfield, jet. Yeah, and I think this is the start of another breakout from a young AFL
1: player. Yep. Um he's he's really got all the tools, um, in a footy sense and a fantasy sense, and I love the way he attacks a footy. So yeah, he's definitely one if you can think if, if you're confident he can be consistent from here on in to the rest of the
0: season, then definitely grab him. On to Sydney versus Gold Coast, Josh Kennedy and Isaac Kenny are long term injuries for the Swans. We're going to see a shake-up in that midfield in the short to medium term. Keller Mills, okay, he stayed at home in defence in round six. The Tigers just kept giving him the ball as an intercept marking defender,
1: Yeah, they really did, and he, he, he just lollied it up. So, look, I, I'm expecting him to move into the midfield now um, with with their current injury list. So, it's, um, it's a positive for Mills, and... Look, there's no reason why we all, or those seeking a point of difference, can't jump on right now this week.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a shake up coming. What it is going to be, I'm still not too sure. But yeah, Mills has the potential to move in that midfield with Kennedy going out. Florent will start the spike. Road bottom will start the spike. Parker will still be in there, but he moved forward last week. Um, they've got some massive injury concerns, Sydney, in and expect a lot of volatility and new roles going forward. On to Dylan Stevens. He was elite on a wing in the opening half on Sunday. I think this is a smash play here, even at 288k, He'll provide a decent on-field scoring option for coaches.
1: Yeah, um, and with some injuries, obviously, his, his job security is um, aided. So, yeah, definitely agree with those comments. Um, just remembering young players, they you know, swings and roundabouts, they can have some lollipop scores and... Um, consistency is a big issue.
0: Chad Warner, he played mainly across the half forward line last week. He's an inside midfielder type that may get an opportunity to play through that midfield with no JP jet. Yeah, I
1: think he'll he'll be in there in snippets. He won't um haven't too much of a permanent role, but they're definitely expecting um in there for um you know time on sort of play.
0: Jake Lloyd at seven hundred and sixty one K and that ceiling, he's definitely a target right now, Jep. Yeah, definitely. It's
1: uh, it's another Primo that's actually doing their job. So I'm um, been happy with Jake Lloyd's performances for most for the most part of the year anyway.
0: Isaac Rankin, how about that first goal? I nearly fell off my chair. What a debut game. The talent is not even a question. The option as a forward trading target at two hundred and four K and a break even of minus Twelve is very juicy, Jip. The single wasn't too bad either. The third goal um, was his favourite. <laughs> yeah, look,
1: it's um, it was great, wasn't it? And um, and really good for the Gold Coast Suns and their development and their confidence in their young group. Um, but yeah, fantasy wise, look, I think you know Rankin's going to draw some attention being a goal sneak. So I think there's other rooks in play that are pro- sort of high on the priority list anyway.
0: Okay, on to Hugh Greenwood. He smashed out an average of 106 points from his last two games. Can we now assume the volatility in scores will disappear yet?
1: No, we can't assume that, but he's definitely hungrier than what he was in the first few rounds. And again, I think it comes down to being more comfortable with your teammates and the game plan of his
0: new side. So, um, definitely value still. Okay, as it stands right now, his spike in scoring has aligned to that Matthew Rail injury. So we'll just see how that is going forward. On the corner, Butterick. The cash generation has slowed down, Jep. At 338k, he can now be downgraded, Jep. Yeah, definitely. He's done his job. Thanks, Connor. Noah Anderson. There's still cash to be generated here, Jep. But those new rookies can make it a lot faster. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, I think we push the button on, um, or owners push the button on Anderson as well, really. Um, th- we've had some pretty mediocre scores from Anderson from throughout the year, so it's, it's, it's wise to, to pick up those in
0: form and a lot cheaper. Richmond versus North Melbourne. Dustin Martin, he's down at 642k and will be cheaper in a couple of weeks. We can just wait here for a little bit, Jeb, and see how he plays out scoring-wise.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's really surprising. I thought he'd begun as to get into the to the midfield with their injury problems as well. So, but that wasn't to be. Really
0: surprising from Dusty. Um, I've I, I seen as a red flag to be honest. Yeah, there weren't many centre bounces last week. He did attend most of them, but he played forward for a lot of that game. And the other issue was it actually just poured with rain, so I wouldn't take much out of that game on Sunday against the Swans. Okay, on to Jaden Short with no Hawley in the game for the Tigers. He's the guy accumulating numbers in defence. It would be a minimum six more games without Hawley. Short is 605k jet.
1: Yeah, it's a good good point. Great value pickup. Um, I'm definitely one to watch. I, from the I've noting and watching the short in the past. He again, it's about incons-
0: consistency for me, and I think you actually provide that going forward. On to Kane Lambert, an average of one hundred and two point five points in the last two weeks. He was used at a high rate at CBAs last week in round six, and should remain in the midfield for quite a while. He's at 596k, Jep as a forward. Love, love the theory and, and, and love all those um,
1: juicy numbers, but our options in the forward line are just bursting at the seams. So, look,
0: he's at the bottom of the pecking order for me. On to Marley and Pickett. He's not turned into the fantasy scorer that we thought he might be, Jep. He's averaging 45 points this season and should be moved on to other rookies. Yeah, other rookies are putting their hand up um, with the higher cash generation, so definitely. Curtis Taylor. He's been cleared of any facial fractures, but there goes all of our cash generation, Jep. He instantly has a break-even of 43 points.
1: And he can, we all know that he can probably hit that, um, and he and I would back him to hit it. So I, I'm not pushing the trade button yet, mate.
0: Jai Simkin. The midfield usage is strong. He's 88% owned in that top 25 for good reason, Jep. Yeah,
1: dominating. Um, and it's it's a joy to watch. Probably the we keep springing up the
0: those players who are having a breakout year, and he's probably the most improved um, this season. Under Todd Goldstein. He's averaged one hundred and three points from his last five games. That's over ten points per week ahead of Grundy Jip, and that was pretty much the damage done on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely
1: amazing. Um, from Goldstein, and well done to those who um picked him up. And I, I bet yeah, there's a lot of coaches in the top twenty-five with him at uh, R1 or R2
0: On to Carlton versus Port Adelaide Patrick Cripps is available to play in round 7 according to Carlton today. On to Mark Pitnett. The cash generation has now dried up owners will have a tough upgrade or they need to cash out pretty much shortly Jeff
1: Yeah uh, he's still the number one ruck at Carlton so it's not the end of the world but he does look tired and um, not, not so light on his feet anymore
0: Okay, on to Sam Doherty. An aggressive game plan last week by David T. removed those critical plus sixes for Doherty owners. It's not that much of a concern within that extremely high ownership, Jep. No, he's, he's fine. It's, look,
1: I'd be more worried not having him,
0: um, regardless
1: of what his output is. He's been one of the best, um, again, primos for the season, so no concerns.
0: Yeah, if he scores low, everyone's got him. If he scores high, everyone's got him. It's not much difference. Okay, on to Matthew Kennedy. He returned and played an inside mid-roll in round six. There are probably better options with Rankin, etc. in that forward line, but it's worth keeping an eye on, Jep. Yeah, I see this as a
1: potential cash grab, personally. Um, he's pretty cheap and forward only, and look, I, I think you know probably in line for the um, round 12 dual position status
0: if he keeps playing, so there's a lot to like about Kennedy. Brad Ebert. He's suspended for round seven and will not play okay jeb onto dan houston he was back in the midfield last week the power looked far more dynamic those scores should be decent for the short term your thoughts yeah agree he
1: looked the port as a side looked a lot better with him in and he, he was arguably
0: one of his best games last week onto travis boke he was down on sunday Power coach Ken Hinckley didn't hesitate shifting around that midfield mix for the betterment of the team. So this is just something to keep an eye at, is that Hinckley is moving those midfield players in and out, so we could get some volatility within that midfield for Port Adelaide, yep.
1: Yeah, we probably experienced that already with um, Dan Houston pushing back um, and, and in the middle time and time again. So yeah,
0: that's that will continue on for all players. Hawthorne versus Melbourne. Chad Wingard. Those CBAs have dried up significantly, Jep, and so have those fantasy scores. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he's on the decline, unfortunately. Um, Still got plenty of talent and potential. Um, So it's not, look, it's not the end of the world, but, um, yeah, the return is not there at the moment.
0: James Sicily. The Hawks played sideways football last week but his ability to stay at home as a marking intercept defender was clearly noteworthy, Jep. Yeah, he played great,
1: um, but we all know that you know sick dog, as he's commonly known as,
0: can um, disappoint, so I'll be staying real clear. Okay, on to Tom Mitchell. Season high 102 points for Mitchell last week against the Maypies. Hopefully for owners, he can continue that form, Jep. Yeah, he turned up, and we
1: all loved it, and it was probably, a bit late in, in, um, in expectation, but nevertheless, he looks, you know, getting better each week, and, you know, he turned
0: up with only one tackle. I just want to add
1: that point.
0: Will Day, he was very solid across half back on debut last week. Definitely an option as a defender, Dan Gradyep.
1: Absolutely. One of the um, rooks from last week that looked the most comfortable, and, um, yeah, he's a player of the future,
0: Definitely. Christian Petrarca. Those centre bounces dropped a little bit in round six, but he was able to still get it done moving forward, yet Yeah, he's still having the
1: impact on the game, isn't he? he um, wherever he's playing, he's still active, um, even at the half-forward line. So he's turned a corner, I think, and his confidence is sky high.
0: On to Max Gorn. He's averaged 114.5 points from his last four games. That's a concern for non-owners. That price tag now sits at 922
1: kip. Yes, Maximus is doing what he does best, and um, you know, not pushing Grundy for the number one ruck spot at the minute. Um, So. Yeah, the, the, he, again, he he looks really fit too,
0: and I don't think there's going to be any issues going forward. He's now overtaking Grani and Price, so interesting to see where some coaches with their one or the other have benefited from that Price flip. Okay, on to Harley Bennell. The scoring needed to generate quick cash is just not there for me, Jep, this year. A quick swap this week is required to other options. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. And I look, he, he was never really
1: an option... Initially on on field because of his injury concern his that risk, and he's an impact player too. You know he only needs 10-15 possessions to to be dynamic and and do his job. So he's not an accumulator.
0: Um, and yeah, I'd move him on. Fremantle versus West Coast. Nat Fife is questionable with hamstring tightness for round seven. Okay, onto Andrew Brayshaw with more responsibility. Those scores have increased. He's averaged 96.5 points from his last two games. Jep. Yeah, doing really well, um, and I think, again, he's turned the corner, and um, New's given him that bigger role, and he's taken it with both hands. On to Hayden Young. We got a glimpse of Young and his fantasy capabilities, Jeb, but now he's out for a little bit, at a minimum, and a decision to move him on is probably required.
1: Yeah, look, it's depending on how long he's out for. It's um, It still could be a bench warmer option if it's a short-term injury
0: because of his potential. Yeah, hopefully we get some updates before round seven starts this week on the term on the length of the Hayden Young injury. Okay, on to Caleb Sarong, With limited game minutes, the scores are still ticking over. Hopefully his game time percentage can increase yet.
1: Yeah, and I think it will. And again, if we look at how Hayden Young started, he, you know, it he was, he was softly, softly, and he was sort of managed through it his first few games. And that the same thing's happening with Sarong.
0: So I'm expecting a spike. He's certainly got an appetite for the contest for me. Okay, on to Michael Walters. He's been used at a high rate at CBAs in the last couple of weeks with five issues. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that continues. He's the best kick in that team, as far as I'm concerned. And um, that will continue, and
0: he'll get plenty of the ball. It's a different dynamic into that midfield at Fremantle, Jep, yeah?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, they've got the hard nuts, um, like Brayshaws and, and the Fives, um, and Mundy as well. But they need the class and the delivery inside 50, and that's where Walters comes in.
0: On to Luke Ryan. He's down at 545k. But I don't quite see enough here yet, Jep, for me. Plus, the Dockers have had injury issues down back, which keeps altering that defensive mix. Your thoughts? Yeah, agreed.
1: I think Ryan's definitely got all the tools to be a great um, fantasy player, but um, it's just too many unknowns. And and Wilson, Nathan Wilson, that is, takes a bit of his thunder away.
0: Andrew Gaff. Back-to-back tags have been far from ideal. Interestingly, West Coast won both games. Both teams who decided to tag are actually going quite poorly this year.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, but he's on Gaff especially. We know he's come back to after uh, stadium and he'll do his best work. So we'll just wait and see,
0: guys. It's it's coming. Okay, on to Dom Cheed. He's averaged one hundred and two points from his last two games. He's getting plenty of ball through that midfield and out on a wing jet.
1: Yeah, Loving, um, or she's the beneficiary of not having Shuri around, so that's the uh, net effect.
0: On to Brad Shepard. He's averaged 87 points from his last two games, Jeb. He sits up well, and he's being highly used across that half-back line. Jeb, I actually like this pick of Brad Shepherd.
1: Oh, look, prob- yeah, there's... Crazier moves, but not for me, mate. Um, you know, his role is purely half-back. I think someone like a Lockie Weller who's
0: moved into midfield is far more appealing. Okay, on to Jack Redden. His CBAs were impacted with the inclusion of Tim Kelly this year. Sure he is on the radar to return. It's definitely a pass here for me, Jep. Yeah, agreed.
1: Couldn't, um,
0: Can't see Redden and getting in the thick of it. On to St Kilda versus Adelaide. At the Adelaide Oval, good to see footy returning to South Australia. Just a quick note here, Jip. The Crows have clearly changed their game style recently after getting smashed in the early rounds. They're definitely holding on to the ball a lot more. Yeah, look, it's a different game style and it's a fantasy appealing game style, isn't it? For sure. Okay, on to Brody Smith. He's one of those that has benefited from that change in game style. He's enjoyed the move back to defence. He's averaged 82 points from his last four games, Jep.
1: Yeah, I think that will continue as well. So those that held Brody um, are quite smug.
0: Andrew McPherson. He's a decent trade down target at 190K. Jep, he was solid on debut last week.
1: Yeah, very serviceable um, in a football sense and
0: fantasy sense. So he ticks the boxes. Royley O'Brien. He's been exceptional as solo rug. He's an option for those pit net owners looking to upgrade at 762k JEP.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that move. I don't mind that move at all um, with, with Grundy on the decline in the next couple. So, yeah, good
0: good thought. Matt Crouch, he's averaged 89.5 points since being dropped. He's now down at 704k JEP. Any chance? No, not for me. I, um, I got plenty ahead of
1: the Crouch brothers.
0: Hunter Clark. An average of 42.5 points from his last two games is certainly concerning for owners. Time to use his money elsewhere, I think, Jep. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: Still, again, probably consistency is his biggest problem um, and staying in the
0: games for as long as he possibly can. On to Jade Gresham. The numbers in the midfield are there, but not his scoring. Time to move him on for owners, Jep.
1: Yeah, agreed. He, um like yeah, he's he's in amongst it, but I'm um, not getting his hands on it enough.
0: Max King, he's just about maxed out in price. Pardon the pun. A nice cash out to Rankin could be the move here, Jip. Yeah, I think that'll be a popular move. Um,
1: one of the highest um, trades this week. So, yeah, not um,
0: yeah, not um, out of the ordinary. Rowan Marshall, a poor return last week of just fifty three points in what was a, what I thought was a good matchup. Hopefully Saints coach Brett Ratton can hold him as solo ruck. jep Yeah, I think that will
1: I think they look better with that extra runner, um and the way Saint Kilda wanna play, which is more of a run and gun style of game.
0: Yep, I agree with that. Definitely. Okay, we're going to run through some top 25 ranked coaches and ownership numbers now, Jeb. I'm going to go through each position and get your thoughts on one or two players that are highlighted for you. Okay, Defenders, top 25 ranked coaches Doherty 100%, Houston 76%, Starcevic 44%, Lloyd 44%, Young 32%. So that's going to go again to zero next week. And Nick Haynes at 32%. What stands out for you right there, Jep? Well,
1: it might be two forced trades there with um, Starkovic and Young. Mm. So that's that puts, you know, 30% plus in a, in a pickle. And um, so, yeah,
0: I expect moving in the top 25 as a result. Okay, on to the midfielders. Lockie Neal at 84%. Tom Mitchell, 84%. Andrew McGrath, 60%. Jack Varney, interestingly, still at 52% and strong in that, in those highly ranked teams. Taylor Adams, 52%. Lockie Whitfield, 40%. He's also in the midfield. I'll get to those numbers shortly. Caleb Sarong on field last week was 32%. Marley and Pickett on field last week was 32%. And Stephen Canelio, 32%. Mm, very.
1: So I think the easiest move to make is try to get Pickett on your bench or, or trade it out and, and move a Sam Simpson-like and, and um, hope for those high point returns.
0: On to the Rucks. Quite interesting numbers here, Jeff. Mark Pitnett, 72%, highly ranked. Brody Grundy, 36% just. Max Gorn, 36%. Todd Goldstein, 36%. Roly O'Brien 8% there's your point of difference right there Jeff
1: yeah and um, look the pit net move is another um, potential game changer so well oh, there's a lot of decisions for um, those highly ranked coaches and yeah they've got some some work to do
0: yeah again I'll go back to what we spoke about earlier in the podcast is that pitnet owners to up to uh, O'Brien you're looking at over 200k and, and if you're going up to the big, big guys, uh, even if you consider Goldstein in there and, and you go Grundy and gone, you're looking at 400k. And when I've looked again, after I've looked at all these benches in the top 25 and, and, and what sort of cash generation they got, it's actually quite poor. So I don't think they can get there. So, you know, if there's any issues with PitNet going forward. Uh, or even just an upgrade. I mean, you've got side bottom coming in, and you've got other premium upgrades that need to be made. It's going to be uh, a little bit of hell for the short term for those pit net owners. Jep.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's um, a well summarised um, look ahead. So yeah, let's um, let's wait and see of what pans out. But the obvious
0: move and the no, the force move is probably at Brian. Okay. On to the ownership of Grundy and Gorn Jeb, there is only one coach in the top 25 that owns that combo. Your thoughts? That just
1: astounds me. It really astounds me that that is a very, very interesting stat um, and it's obviously um, utilising
0: cash elsewhere. Definitely uh, but it is unique. So those coaches mm. who are on the outside chasing these guys at the top of the leaderboard, if you have the Gorn and Grundy combo, uh, you're on a somewhat unique path. Okay, on top 25 ranked coaches. Now we're looking at the forwards. Christian Petrarca, 96%. Bailey Smith, 76%. Jai Simpkin, his total was 88%. And In the midfield, it's 20%. And in the forward line, it is 68%. So again, they're Jep, 88%. Owned for Simkin in that top twenty-five. Uh, we go on to Curtis Taylor, sixty-eight percent. So most of, most coaches in those highly ranked teams copped that Taylor poor score on the weekend. Andrew Brayshaw, who has been crushing it recently, is sixty-four percent. Lockie Whitfield, seventy-two percent total, and just thirty-two percent in the forward line. So, which is quite strange. There he's more owned in the midfield than what he is in the forward line in that top twenty-five. And Chad Wingard at 24%. Jep, what players stand out to you right there? Um, I think a lot of it's self-explanatory.
1: And if, if there's been any line in fantasy this season that's been the most reliable and getting the best return, it's the forward line. So um, Petrarca and Simpkins, self-explanatory. Surprisingly, Walters isn't amongst that discussion. Um, and that could be a, a difference um, going forward for that last upgrade or two for those top-run
0: coaches. Okay, Jep, and I will return next week for episode 42. The podcast schedule for the remainder of the season is for it to land late on Tuesday nights. Jep, that's it for episode 41. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.
1: Thanks, guys.